The Bible teaches to seek discernment in order to grow in wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of spiritual truth. In Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, discernment is defined as the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. According to the Web Westminster Dictionary of Theological Terms, discernment in the Bible is a process of assuring and evaluating, particularly in relation to trying to determine God's will in a particular situation for one's life direction. And I guess this is in that definition of Merriam-Webster is where I was always wrestling with discernment as not simply understanding not simply studying in a literal or academic way, but being able to apply thing, things in a more, more practical way and in areas that are maybe challenging. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Pit Podcast with Patrick, Ephraim, and Dennis. Um, we just, we have a good morning lined up for you where Dennis is going to be leading it off today. And what we're going to be talking about is the issue of discernment. It's an area in our life where discernment has, it's just a, a really big issue, especially in today's age of determining what is right, what is wrong, what direction to go in, who you should be having into your life. There's just, there, there's a gamut of areas that discernment covers as men. And the Lord wants us to have discernment. And so what we're going to do is we're going to get right into it. We're not going to waste a whole lot of time and because we want to be able to discuss this pretty thoroughly. And so today, Dennis is bringing the lesson to us and, and we're looking forward to just chopping it up and uh, right, setting this a little bit and seeing how the Lord is going to impact us today. Dennis, uh, I love you, brother. Let's go ahead and get it done, man. Uh, P Patrick, love it. Thank you. Last episode last week, I was talking about the whole uh, definition of discernment because that was something of a mystery to me for a long time. And still, and as we get into this, I, th I think we'll see why or I'll comment on why it still is something that I wrestle with. So let's get right into this. So what is discernment in the Bible? Discernment in the Bible is the spiritual characteristic of good sound judgment for perceiving the difference between right and wrong, good and evil, truth and error, and identifying God's will and direction for his people. And discernment is necessary to understand spiritual truth, uh, live holy as God intends, avoid life's pitfalls and dangers, and properly govern society. Discernment is a, in the Bible is a spiritual gift given by God through the indwelling Holy Spirit. We'll be talking about some other verses that talk about discernment here a little bit in a minute. But believers receive discernment by reading and meditating on the Word of God and through the renewing of the mind. The Bible teaches to seek discernment in order to grow in wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of spiritual truth. In Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, discernment is defined as the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. According to the Web Westminster Dictionary of Theological Terms, discernment in the Bible is a process of assuring and evaluating, 
particularly in relation to trying to determine God's will in a particular situation for one's life direction. And I guess this is in that definition of Merriam-Webster is where I was always wrestling with discernment as not simply under, not simply studying in a literal or academic way, but being able to apply thing, things in a more, more practical way and in areas that are maybe challenging. The other word that it is often uh, correlated with it is wisdom. And it is, they're closely related in the Bible as well. And the word wisdom actually has its source inside the word of discernment. When we study the Bible, we gain knowledge, but that knowledge only leads to wisdom when we have discernment present. A person can spend their whole life studying the scriptures, but never gain wisdom because they lack discernment. It's the ability to see and it recognize subtle differences. Discernment yes. allows one. I'm sorry. Can, can you go back and read that one part? Of, go sure. back to that one part again. Say that one part. Discernment is the ability to see and recognize subtle differences, and that's where I think the issue uh, coming from Webster's was that being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. It's as I reflect upon it myself. There are, I've been doing Bible reading sometimes more faithfully than others, but for many years. And I have read the same verse you know, many times, and there will be something in a particular time of prayer and study that will pop out at me, that will give me an insight that I had not had before and that I was then able to make application in a different way in my life. It's not simply knowing the Word of God. It's being able to, to it, knowing the Word of God is important. And we'll, you know, it, it talks about here the, where the scriptures that talk about where discernment comes from, but it's that application and the and the experience because it's like we could you could have some we all know of people who've been able to read something and boom it's like they memorize it but they haven't tried to apply it and they wouldn't be called they they, they couldn't really have discernment and because they don't have experience that backs it up so before i get into the scriptures that talk about this what are your thoughts so far Uh, my thoughts, uh, discernment, as you're going to get into scriptures, one of the scriptures that, that comes to mind is 1 Corinthians 12, 10, pretty much the, the gifting of discernment that God gives you, as you talk about, as we continue to put ourselves and have God in our lives as a relationship, as we grow from one glory to another, as it says in his word, as I always mention. The gift of discernment everybody has, as it says in this word. Uh, I'm, I'll just read it real quick. Um, it says here, to another, the workings of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, 
to another various kinds of tongues and to another the inter- interpretation of tongues. So God gives you, God gives us a bunch of giftings in the spiritual realm that, that he, I would say, allows you to perfect in a way. And as you continue to grow in a relationship with him, you start getting this discernment that it's a perceiving of true character of the people and it manifests in you. And like you said, in the definition there, it helps you to see what's wrong and what's not right, what's right and what's wrong. And, and all of a sudden the discernment gives you say, whether you're going to say something or you're not going to say something. And that's like a true connection. It's like a little telephone cord. You know how back in the day we, we used to play a uh, red squirrel, green squirrel. You, you use that little line and you use a cup and, and, and it goes all the way into the room and, and you talk into it and stuff like that back in the mm-hmm. old days, the direct line to God and God gives you the discernment that, that gives you its wish right away. And say, you know what? This person right here, you walk this person right here, I need you to speak to this person right here because this person's going through a depression. It happens to a lot of us here on this podcast that we can be walking or know somebody or not know somebody. And all of a sudden, God gives you an intuition by the sermon of this person. He says, y'all need you to speak to this person about this, which comes with wisdom and, 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 and a, word of, uh, a word of knowledge mm-hmm. that he gives you because you're walking with him. You have a connection. You have a direct line to him. And that direct line he gives you feedback into your spirit. And he gives you this gift to say, you know what? This person needs prayer. And this person is pretty much, you have no reason knowing what, what's going on. You're just being obedient. And you speak to this person, all of a sudden, God's direct line through you helps this person to go ahead and re- re- either reconnect with God or get saved at that precise moment. And it's fascinating how that works when you continue to have a relationship with, with Christ in your life. He gives you those kinds of uh, giftings uh, that sometimes we don't think we have. And um, it's something that is remarkable because you're like, how how do I get this? How do I, how do I, how do I get discernment? How do I, and God says, you know what? It's a gift that I give to you because of what you're doing in your life as you're following me and you're laying down your life every day. I give you these things, this gift as a, as a, a, a prequel of other things that he gives you that opens up your spiritual strong man inside of you sure. that you didn't think you had. And we all have it. We all have different giftings, some stronger than others. That's why you have the five ministries, right? You have the pastor, you have the prophet, you have the evangelist, you have the teacher, you have the apostle. All these things all collide together for the glory of God. And they all have their own discernment of, of, of giftings and teachings that God shows in us. And that builds by you laying down yourself and having a relationship with God. Yeah, cool. uh, that's my take on it. That's, uh, let's go into some of the scriptures that I found that pertain to this. So talking about discernment coming from God, there's Daniel 2.21. From the NIV, it, it reads, He, God, God changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. And 1 Corinthians 2, verses 12 to 15 um, from the NIV uh, says, What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, 
so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. What I would say is that you know, this clearly shows that discernment and wisdom come from God. Now, we also know, too, that knowing the Scriptures does not necessarily give you discernment, because what the Pharisees and scribes, they knew the Scriptures, didn't they? Did, were they discerning about and able to see what was there before them? No, they absolutely no. not. And we all know of different cults and the like where some pastor or someone who puts them forth as a pastor has led people down a you know, terrible route. Simply knowing scripture does not bring a discernment. The, but not knowing scripture clearly will come up, will result in a lack of discernment. When believers who don't study the word, somebody who's, or maybe somebody who's new and to, to the faith and hasn't got into the, the word very much, they're going to have more trouble with discernment. But when you are familiar with the truth taught in God's word, you can more easily detect what is right and wrong, true or false. And the word of God itself can discern. That's where we're familiar with that. What's the word say? Let's take whatever the topic is and we'll go to find scripture to address it. And a few scriptures that talk about this, we'll start with Hebrews 4.12 in the ESV, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And Psalm 119, 130, the teaching of your word gives light. So even the simple can understand what's from the New Living Translation. The failure to discern what is truth or from error, good from bad, or what is biblical from heretical stems from not saturating our own minds with the word of God. And Hebrews 5, 11 to 14 in the NLT, it says there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know what, how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And then Romans 2.18, you know what he wants, you know what is right, because you have been taught his law. And basically, the final points is that we can ask for, for God to, to help us with this, with wisdom and discernment. Psalm 19, 119, 125 says, I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. It's from the NIV. 
And James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Again, the from the NIV. <clears throat> there are other areas we can go into with this about distinguishing between between spirits and uh, and with a renewed mind. I don't know if we want to delve into this or just I think this is plenty for us to talk about because I, mean, I think our in our day and age there's so much that we're presented with both from society as well as sometimes from within other Christian circles that we may be exposed to that we need to have discernment in our life. Um, your thoughts, Patrick? Yeah, I know discernment's a very big deal. When I was a younger man, I, I didn't have a lot of discernment. And discernment led me into addiction because the friends that I was around, I didn't realize that but you're thinking that your friends are your friends and have your best interests at heart. And I had a really good group of friends. I had just one group of friends actually that by the world they were we were worldly at the time, but we really looked out for each other and different things like that. And I had other <laughs> friends that were if you've ever been, if you've ever, all right, so anybody that's done drugs for the most part, right? There's always this one person that's, man, you got to try this or whatever. Man, you got to try this. And when you look back, you look at big spiritual eyes, every time that person entered my life, they would sit back and just watch you do this thing, knowing that it's going to take you down the same road that they're trapped in. I have this one friend, I'm not going to mention his name, but friend in quotation marks. And he would pop up, like every time I would be doing good in life, he would pop back up into my life. And every single time <laughs> he would go, I would get off of Coke or whatever it is that I, I was doing at the time, weed or whatever. And I'd be like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to be smoking no more. I don't want to do any kind of stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, man, it's, of course, it's awesome. It's awesome. And then he'd always come by my weakest moment and be like, hey, man, he was like the devil incarnate, bro. And I remember there was this one time, this had been going on for years. Like, I've known him for a, a long time, actually. I've known him for probably 10, 10, 15 years. And I had gotten married. I had left that life. I wouldn't leave it a part of it. And he calls it by the blue. And I'm just like, hey, you want to hang out? It's like that. And, and... I go hang out with him and I say he is like he said, Oh, you wanna do some you wanna do some? And I was like, What? I was like, No, nah, I don't do that no more. I haven't done that in a long time, man. That's not my life anymore. He said, Yeah, I got songs and stuff like that. And then he goes, I was like, Man, that's not I was like, No, nah, I'm not in that in that thing, in that life anymore. And I went, I get I would I did that next thing I you you have that cocaine so is a really big deal. It's one of those things I can't really be around. And she had it out. I could smell it. I'm getting ready to do it and stuff like that. And I could see right when I was getting ready to hit that line, right? He had this look in his face. I looked in his eyes and I could just tell he was just wanting to see me fall. Mm -hmm. That was it. I had nothing else. He didn't care not one lick about me. And I had looked at him and, and I was just like, man, and I told him to his face. I was like, man, 
And you don't. I was like, why every time I do this, man? Like every time I I'm doing good, man. You come into my life, man. If you you just want to you just want to watch me just crumble, and he just he looked me dead in my face, and he was like, and with no emotion whatsoever, it was like, oh, so you're just not figuring this out. Wow. And that changed my heart a lot about the sermon and people, actually. Like, he didn't understand, but that point in time, he woke me up to the truth of the people in the world around you and so many people around you. Everybody's not, like, the sermon's so big and just going through life and just a whole lot of things. That's why I've been learning not to tell people my plans and the things that I'm doing, because the sermon... Before I would tell everybody that I would think everybody was my friend and happy for me, but most people are not. That's the truth. That's most right. people, when they hear of your of the things that you're doing good for God, they pretend that they love you. They pretend that they're happy for you, but a lot of times they're very convicted about what they're not doing, and and it's a mirror to them. If they're not living correctly, they're not doing things, and then, then they do everything in the background to destroy you, destroy your name, destroy everything, <clears throat> like hamper the things that you're trying to do. When you're living for God, especially as a Christian, man, everybody's just like, go, you're so good for God. But then in the background, man, it's just the things that they talk about you, like a dog and different things like that, man, because they want you to be on their level so they don't have to rise to the one that God's calling you to. And so it's very important. The sermon in relationships with women. That's a thing. The sermon where, like you said, he said something very important about witnessing. One of the, like a lot of people ask me how I witness who I just was able to witness to a kid last night. He got saved. But the thing is, it's come over time with the sermon because you can look at a person and you can see exactly the things that is happening in their life because of what the Holy Spirit does with the sermon. The thing is, you have to ask for it. Um, I don't think we ask for it. We we ask for it in the moment, but we don't ask for it like before the battle actually comes, which is what you need. That's when you need discernment, actually. Discernment is a thing that keeps you out of trouble. So when you say like, you said something very important in the beginning, how discernment actually informs wisdom and is gained through knowledge, actually which lets you put wisdom into practice because there's a lot of men that have knowledge without wisdom. There's a lot of men that have maybe discernment, but no knowledge and no wisdom. You have to have this one thing to have all three. It's like a key to unlock this and to unlock that. And the more knowledge you have about things, you can be discernment, discerning and wisdom comes into play and then that wisdom informs your discernment so it's like a cyclical effect if you don't have discernment then you don't know what to choose right or wrong even if you have wisdom sometimes that that wisdom and that knowledge without discernment causes an issue when you have discernment and wisdom but you don't have knowledge you have a gap so like you end up falling into things that you shouldn't because you just didn't know you might have wisdom that hey about this, you might have the sermon that the problem is there, but you don't have the knowledge to understand what it is that you need to be discerning or have wisdom about. So you have a problem. That's right. 
And I think you also need to have fellowship, too, with fellow believers. What we do here in, in this group and in others that we're, that we're involved with, so that we have other men who are believers, who have studied, that we can bounce these situations off of, and not that we're having an echo chamber, but we are basically being able to say, hey, man, this is what I've been countered. This is what I think the Word of God is saying. This is what I'm thinking is going on here, and I can bring it to you, or I can bring it to E, and you can say, hey, man, you're missing this. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times that discernment actually started this daggum podcast, man. That's a dead. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? What is leading into and and stuff like that, man? Discernment sitting at a table one day was just like where you had discernment about what was going on in my life, and it just led to other things. Right. Well, it's, it's huge implications in so many different ways. I have a question, actually. That's, sure. That's cool. Where does anybody have any examples of where discernment actually led them down a very lack of discernment led you down a very dark path or a bad path or put you in a bad situation? Well, yeah, I certainly do. I've been married three times, and in my first, basically, my first two marriages. They were not, I I was struggling with my faith. I had not had anything close to mature understanding of who I was in Christ other than that I was a sinner and condemned. That was where my spiritual background was. My relationships and my marriages started out on the very, very wrong footing. And what I found happening is that I would be who I am and talking with people. And over the course of a a few years, there would always be with it that there would be some woman that would come into my situation, my life, et cetera. And I would have a conversation like I would have normally with any other person that didn't start out incorrectly, but lack of discernment, lack of being able to perceive what was beyond what was being said, led to affairs. And that was a very disastrous thing in my life and in my now exes and my children. When I could not see, when I was not able to see, it wasn't that man, this is great, I'm going for this, etc. That was not how any of that started. It was having a pleasant conversation, having the not just one time, but it's like this, it wasn't, it was that I did not understand and could not see what motivations were going on within her. And and if I had, I might have been able to, at least I would have had the warning. You know, if I had understood that this woman is attracted to me and would be open to taking a relationship deeper than it should be, I would have at least had the flag saying, Dennis, this is not where you say you want to go. And it could have avoided all kinds of trouble in my life. You know, yeah, uh, that's pretty good. Mine is real quick and simple. I knew God, but didn't know. So I was saying before, I was a, I was a fan of God, but not a follower of God. 
And so those two attributes are totally different because you lack you one lacks the sermon, the other one gains the sermon. And two years ago or so, my lack of discernment of selling pounds of weed out of my house with my family could have cost me everything. And God had to get a hold of me and say, you hear knucklehead, I done called you and you're doing this stuff. I'm not going to call you again. And that, that little, I want to say still voice, it was a major audible voice that I heard, put fear into my heart, gave me reverence of who God is and made me do, made this spirit in me, which is the Holy Spirit, turn the flesh around 180 degrees and never look back. That discernment of knowing that was God really shook me. And some people get that, some people don't get that. But I thank God because of that, it, it, it changed my life around. And the journey has been a phenomenal journey of learning what the servant is and gaining wisdom and knowledge and all that. I have, while you are going through the scriptures, Dennis, and bringing this topic up, I was here writing down some four practical things that mm -hmm. men can use Great. when they listen to this podcast. <clears throat> and I got scripture to back it up. Oh, um, man. Number one, pray. <laughs> That's so important. Prayer, listen to this, prayer is not only a relationship, but it's having a companionship with the Holy Ghost. Okay? Two, study the Word. You got to have the Word in you. You don't have the Word in you. There's certain things that sometimes when we study the Word and you forget, so it happens to me all the time, you forget the verse, but at a precise moment that you're going through something, the Word is stored in your heart. And it comes out at that precise moment. So that's having prayer, having a companionship or a relationship with the Holy Ghost, and then studying the word, which just comes out of you, spews out of you. Three, exercise the sermon. You got to put it to action. <laughs> if you don't put it to action, it's just faith, without, faith without works is dead, right? You mm. got to put it to action in order to refine it. God wants you to refine that gift. Fourth, which is so important is obedience. All right. Live the gospel in your daily life so that you can hear that still small voice, which is who God. In some cases for me was that audio audible voice, right? Which is very scary. You don't want to hear that. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he had to, to get through some layers to wake you up. Huh? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Those four practical things are very simple. But for a lot of us, it's difficult to follow, okay? So in order to, to apply those things, go back to the word, which is Philippians 1, 9, 11, all right? I'm going to read that. It says here in Philippians 4, 9, 11, and this I pray, there goes that word, that first one, right? In this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge. What is knowledge? Scripture, the word, all right? And in all discernment that you may approve, in all discernment, so approve, so exercise things that are excellent so that you may be pure and blameless 
for the day of Christ, being filled with the fruit of righteousness. There he is, being filled. So while you're doing this, you're being filled. You're doing, you're being obedient, and you're being filled by His fruit of righteousness, which comes through what Jesus Christ, for the glory and praise of God. So those four things are literally in this passage, <laughs> pretty much. Okay, you apply these things. And you're growing that that faith, that that milk into solids. And then you, from solids, you, you're getting that meat. And when you get that meat, you're seeing things that you never seen before. You're hearing things you never hear before. Why? Because you're taking that walk. You're praying daily. You're having that relationship with the Holy Ghost, with Christ. You're studying the Word. You're in the Word. You're exercising what God is giving you, right? And then you're being obedient to hear small voice of what God is telling you so you can speak out what he wants you to speak out. This is what, what this is called true discernment and learning how to exercise these things. So like that, you're walking in his righteousness and he's you're being used as the vessel that he's called you to be to create the disciples, to create those that make Patrick and go out there and say, hey man, God loves you. God hasn't forgotten you are a, a twinkle in his eye. He loves you. He's here to tell you that he wants to embrace you. That simple little sentence that I just gave right now for a 16, 17-year-old can be huge. Mm. Masses. To the point that it's like, nobody's told me that before. But you being prayed up, studied in the word, and now exercising and being obedient to listening that tele that that line that direct line to God like I spoke earlier, all of a sudden you're releasing it, and God that, just anoints it. That message is, is, in my opinion, as powerful to a fifty and sixty year old man who may uh, have rejected that message before, may have uh, thought in his youth, "Oh, I'm bulletproof," or just poo it and. Now he's at a place where he has seen the, he's reaped the reward, the fruit of his works, and he's seen how empty that is. Now, being able to hear that and some can, I think is just as powerful. And we, cause we all need that. We all need to know that we are his child and that he loves us and that he cares for us. And it's personal. It's not right. impersonal. It's not out there. I think while we're talking about this, like it's just such a, there's like just this, men can sometimes have a natural kind of, all right, I know right from wrong, but there's discernment that is God given that is this whole other stratosphere of being able to see spiritual aspect of things in every situation and the implications of it. And that's where it's just more than right than wrong. It's like what's right, right. in God's eyes is right, like basic right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And then there's this other thing that, that which is right in the sight of God, like on another, like on this other level. And so the right thing can be just, oh, hey, that person is homeless and, oh, I'll do the right thing and I will give them $20, right? But the sermon goes, 
oh man, let me sit down and talk to this person and see, find out what they actually really need. And, and while you're in that proximity of talking to them, for instance, you can smell alcohol. You can just see all these different things or whatever, or maybe not even that. Maybe it's just like you hear the context of what they need. And they like, I actually need a place to stay as opposed to just giving that $20. Now you know how to actually help meet that need. Or one of the things that happens all the time is a deeper discernment and just really life to life situations. Let's say, for instance, one of the ones that I, I, I dealt with not too long ago, actually, was somebody had here had accused me of pulling a gun on them in my own room in the middle of, in the middle of my they They busted in my room <laughs> when I was asleep that one of the maintenance guys did and busted into my room in a, in a really loud way. I went to just protect myself and my home and my family. Didn't have a gun on me or anything like that. But, and went on and actually talked to the guy. I was just like, hey man, I, I don't want nothing to happen to you. And like really kind to him and stuff like that. Then he turned around because I witnessed to him actually. I witnessed to him and then like he was saying a lot of things that was not of God and I corrected it. I was just like, no, like, that's not who God is. We're talking about two different gods, honestly. And that, that upset him. And when that upset him, he went to calling the cops on me saying that I had a, I pulled a gun on him. Like, and this was like an hour or two hours later after we had caught, talked, I was like, man, hey, I love you guys. It was like, Bizarre. It was bizarre. Dennis, I, you were with you. Were I was with you. I, saw, I forgot yes, about I that, man. You the one that took him to the police station. <laughs> what ended up happening is when I went to the police station, I was able to see that because when I first, before I went there, I was just mad. And I was just like, man, I didn't have the sermon at first. And I let it slip out of my mouth. I was like, man, freaking white people, man. And not realizing that I have a white guy taking me to the police station is going to be like, <laughs> how's my back? The police officer that I mumbled it to, which I wasn't like really necessarily saying him, I was talking about the guy that and did this to me, but it hurt the police officer because he was like, he was very angry that this guy had did this to me after he had saw the video where I didn't do anything. I actually was like really kind to these guys and he could see that nothing had happened. And so after all this stuff had happened, I came home. And I was going to literally, I had a really good case, man, to just destroy this man's life. Absolutely destroy his life and his livelihood. And even maybe actually go after the company and stuff like that because of what had happened. And, and the Holy Spirit was just, actually, I think I talked to one of you guys. I think I talked to, it was E, I think I talked to. And, and I was praying about it, reading my Bible. And then one of the things that I saw, it was just like, the Holy Spirit was just like, Son, what is my purposes? And he says, guy already hates you. He already hates me. He hates the gospel. He hates me. You've proven that. And if you go and you report him, there's a certain part where you have to, you need to say something, but do you need to actually destroy his life and get his livelihood taken away? Because if he already has that hate against you as a black man and hate because of your true Christian and you, and he doesn't want to hear my ways. Don't you think that it'll bring more hate? Because he doesn't understand mm -hmm. the things that he's doing. He doesn't understand any of those kind of things. He said, but 
son, don't you realize that because of that, you were able to witness to him and the other maintenance guy that heard the gospel? Did you know that you were able to witness to the, the cops that were in that place? So three cops were able to hear the gospel. And you could tell one of the ones, this one guy, he needed what I was saying very bad. And you could see it in his eyes and his face because he was trying to maintain this composure. But you could see he really was needing to hear that for whatever reason that he was going through. And he said, don't you know? And, and he was like, do things my way and not the way that you would have to do it. And having that discernment to see, okay, this has way bigger implications than anything else because God's way in the gospel is always better. Being able to see what the gospel is actually trying to do, that's, that is the essence of everything. And just that discernment, man, I, I really ask God for more than, for more of it because the older I get and the more situations that I run into, and my main question is, Lord, what do I do? 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 And the more I ask those questions and I seek his face on that, the more he goes, this is what you do. And now when I was, when I didn't have a whole lot of discernment and I was constantly just making these decisions that I thought were right, but they wouldn't, they might've been right, but not the best decision. Or they were just absolutely wrong and bonkers and got me in a lot of trouble. Um, now I'm starting to see that God has a good, better, and best in our choices and decisions. And discernment filters those to the best always. Even if it's a bad decision, it's still the best bad decision. Because sometimes what we have in life are not really, sometimes we don't have a good decision. Sometimes we just have a decision that needs to be made in the moment and it's a bad, you have bad options all the way around yeah, and you can I, discern which is the best. I, 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 as you said that I'm flashing back to the time I uh, had a traffic accident, I basically thought I was going to die. And the decision that I had was run into the light pole or run into the trees in the ditch on the other side. That was all. The car was headed one of those two ways. Those are the only two I had to choose from. <laughs> Would you choose? I'm, you let the game light pole. You, man. <laughs> I I hit the light pole because I, in in that split second, I could see the the full light pole. It's like I didn't know how far the drop was on the other side. I didn't know how thick the couldn't really tell how thick the trees were because they had all kinds of. This is in the Pacific Northwest, the fir trees, they hide the, the thickness of the trunk. You couldn't really see that through that. So I made a slight adjustment and hit the light pole and it was all God because it's like I, in that moment I was, Lord, I'm coming. This is, this appears to be the end because honestly, I was doing about 50 miles an hour, hit black, the black ice, the sheet ice that that froze the dampness on the, the roadway. And I had, you know, fishtailed and did all the stuff we were supposed to do. And I'm still heading off the road and it didn't slow me down very much. And so in that moment, it was like, Lord, I, I guess I'm, this is it. And I'll see you in a moment. And it hit almost dead center. And that I thought was, that had to be God because broke the telephone pole 
because it hit slightly off of dead center, it didn't just drive the, the truck I was driving straight on through, it spun it. And so it broke the telephone pole and spun 360 degrees. And I was resting on the side of the road facing oncoming traffic that was also coming at me at about 50 miles an hour. And there was no other, there. I did not collide with any other vehicles. Didn't cause them to go off. The telephone pole didn't have the chance to come in and crush the cab. Yeah. It was all God. It was all God. And I was relaxed. That's the kind of, that's the kind of test that I hope nobody else has to go through. But for me, at that point in time, it was an affirmation and a confirmation that what I say about what I believe is actually true. Mm-hmm. That I am ready at any moment to go meet my maker. And, you know, that's a, <laughs> that was pretty, that was a pretty significant test. <laughs> but yes, in that moment, I did not have many good options. It was hit the pole or take your chances off the side on the, and the ditch and the trees down below. Yeah. I tell you what, you don't want to make that decision out here, man. You'll be like set the feet <laughs> down in a ditch somewhere, bro. Oh, yeah. You didn't fell off a cliff, man, because oh yeah, because out here are ridiculous. <laughs> so, oh, this is this was Washington State. These are lumps compared to there. <laughs> Got real mountains out there. <laughs> Dude, uh, this was awesome. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity to to lead the discussion and and the like. And anybody who's who may see this recording later on, I just I invite you you all to contact us with your thoughts, your questions. If you want to be a guest on on our future podcast, love to have you on, especially if you've got questions, so that we can wrestle with these things together. Amen. That. Also, when these come out, if you just have ideas or like you said, if you got questions, you can put them in the comments below. And if anybody watches YouTube videos, sometimes the comments be the best portion of things. And so <laughs> add your comments down to the bottom. We would love to hear from you. And, and especially if you want to get with any of us individually and things like that, and we'll reach back out to you. But thank you guys for listening. Any final thoughts from anybody? I just want to say thank you to my wife, who it's my birthday month, and this and I'm wearing one of uh, my an early birthday gift. Love this Praise awesome shirt. Good. It's got the combination of Christian symbology with our American flag. That's awesome. So I was looking at that man. I was like, I didn't know if it was like, like you about to go Here, I'll, like I'll stand up a little bit so you can get a better view of the whole shirt. Yeah. Oh, come on, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's- I was like looking at it, I was like, man, that's a lot of crosses, man, on that shirt. <laughs> and then I was like, then I see, I, I saw the other part. I was like, oh, I think it's American flag or yeah, either yeah. some kind of Swiss thing or something. I didn't know. I discerned <laughs> what it was. And then I revealed it. Yes, there we go. <laughs> it's pretty nice, man. I like the shirt. Yeah. It's, pretty, it's yeah. pretty dope, man. Yeah. Good deal. And I have an awesome final, life. final thought is, man, for me, yeah. I'm so thankful. If you said another good thing is to have the brothers around you to help you figure these things out. The discernment is also, as talks about in the Bible, one of the wisest thing you can do is have discernment with the friends that you choose to be around you, the brothers you choose to be around you. <clears throat> this is probably one of the, some of the most important things in life, actually, is who you choose around you. 
I thank you for the fact that the Lord gave me discernment to choose you two brothers and the other brothers that are in my circle. You know who you are. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing any of these things without you guys, without, without the discernment that you guys had to help lead me out of some dark places and different things like that. So this is a shout out to all of you that are good discerners for me when <laughs> my discernment is lacking and I can come to you guys and you fill in the gap. And, and be armor bearers for me in those areas. Wow. So that's my last thought. My thing is, let God pull you out of the pit and let his all consuming fire burn you up. And, that, <laughs> I love and that's it. it. Mic drop, we'll leave it on there, man. <laughs> all right, we love you guys all, man. You guys have a blessed day. It will be great. And like you said, yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't need to add nothing else to that, man. You guys have a blessed day. God bless. God bless.